everybody, and welcome to Walton Biz Talk, where we have casual conversations about professional things. We're a student-run podcast created by the Business Communication Lab in the Sam M. Walton College of Business. My name is Ryan Decker. And I'm Jesse Schneeblin. And our topic this season is sustainability. Hey everyone, and welcome to Walton Biz Talk. Uh, today, in our last episode of season five, we are here with the winners of the Social Innovation Challenge here at the University of Arkansas. Thank you so much for joining me today. I guess before we begin, are you able to go around and introduce yourself? So tell me like your name, if you're a student here, what your major is, and uh, other things like that. Uh, my name is Carlos. I'm from Carlos Diaz. I'm from Panama. Uh, my major is in social engineering. I'm a senior year currently. Awesome. Uh, my name is Lindsay Jatan. I'm from Restful, Arkansas. I'm an accounting and supply chain major, and I'm a sophomore. My name is Peter Feinberg. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, and I'm alumni with it. Uh, major in computer science and computer engineering. Awesome. So you all just competed in the Social Innovation Challenge and won, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, I guess before we get into what you actually did with the Social Innovation Challenge and your project, uh, this season we're asking everyone about what sustainability means to them and what it is. And so this whole season we've talked about um, different areas of sustainability from different professionals, students, uh, academics, things like that. And so I guess before we get started, are you able to just kind of define what sustainability means to you, each of you? Yeah, well, sustainability to me means uh, producing um, enough food, or for instance, we talk about food, producing food with resources that are not gonna, that we're not gonna run out later. So we, by producing sustainable, we mean that we will produce and making sure that we'll keep on producing in the long, in the, in the long run. Awesome. Yeah, I like how you said the long run at the end. Sustainability always makes me think of not necessarily doing what is going to help you today or within this week or month, but for years to come and for even like future generations. Yeah, I would say it's the wise use of our resources so that basically everybody can have it, not just people who can afford it. Right. Perfect. I think those definitions are all really great. And it's really interesting to see all of the different perspectives as we've gone through this season of what sustainability really means. And like, you can kind of, you know, develop different projects or ideas based on those definitions. So getting into that, um, are you able to tell me a little bit about what you did with the Social Innovation Challenge, what your project was, and go into that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, uh, first. Okay, so <laughs> our project was uh, called, or is called Swelo. It's um, like a smart farming software that helps... Um, measure exactly how many or how much resources we should use for the crops and um, it uses uh, machine learning to precisely measure exactly how much water or fertilizer needs to be put on the crops and so knowing those precise measurements can help. Awesome. So Suelo, is that, I think oh. that's the Spanish it's for Spanish. ground, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the name. How did that come about? So uh, at the point where we were uh, brainstorming uh, what we wanted to call a project, uh, I sat with Lindsay and we were thinking in something simple but meaningful. So we're just trying words and then coming <laughs> up and looking for even native uh, language, uh, words from my country. Yeah. And well, Lindsay, you say, hey, uh, what's the word in Spanish for ground? Uh, say so like swallow. I'm like, okay, that sounds like something we <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah, and then like it, it tells a story because I wanted to have a name that tells a story. And for me, it's something like swallow is a Spanish word, which is the root for 
where I come from and basically where the project was born. And then we mix it here in the United States. And, and the thing we have in common is the ground. Mm -hmm. Like we all touch the same ground. And so right. that's why we say it's like, I have this story. It tells that we're going from Panama, we came to the United States, we all met in here and we all worry about uh, nature. We all worry about the, the environment and everything. And so basically Suelo is what everybody has in common. Yeah, that's awesome. And so this was, you said this started in Panama. Can you uh, tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, the idea started in Panama. Um, well, I got sick like in 2017 and I have to go back to my country for a year. I mean, while I was there, I was just like observing the problems that people have been having throughout the years with climate change and whatnot. And the thing is, I have always been in touch with nature since I was little. Um, I have really appreciated um, There's a thing that I try to, every year I try to plant like a hundred trees and that's like oh, a personal wow. goal. And I saw the problem in Panama and actually we thought that we should do something. I mean, we came to the United States not just to study and get a, a degree, mm -hmm. but at the same time also tried to find a solution for problems that uh, we can find not just in Panama, but also all around the world. And I met like great people here, like Lindsay and Peter, and they always worry about it. Like Peter actually visited Panama in 2018, mm -hmm. and he spent some time in there. And I mean, he got so excited about everything that we were thinking that he even moved to Mexico to learn Spanish. Wow. So, like yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So you went down and visited Panama. Why? Why did you? Well, he, he invited me and I was just okay. kind of like, uh, so like, were you actually inviting me or are you just kind of talking? <laughs> and yeah. he's like, yeah, well, come down and come check things out. And I was like, okay. Because like, like <laughs> if I were to go somewhere like that, like on my own, I'd be totally lost. Mm -hmm. And going with somebody who's from there, obviously he's going to know what to do. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so what did you all work on down there? Did you, did this when Suelo kind of started or what did, what I mean, happened first? we kind of did some brainstorming. But we didn't really do too much back then. <laughs> we, we, we just talk about like looking for something, looking right. for something we could solve. Looking for a problem. Yeah, yeah. Right, I, I yeah. knew he was a, a software engineer and I mean a computer engineer, and I was like industrial. So all I do is like to look for deficiencies in systems. Yeah. <laughs> and he is the one who solved problems with tools. So I was like, it should be something we can do for this. And so that's, that's how we started. Right. That's awesome. So then Lindsay, um, so how did you get into this whole Swelo thing as well? So I was actually paired up with Carlos in a club called Global Greeks, and so I just applied um, through my sorority to be a part of this, and then I met Carlos, and he asked me one day, he was like, um, I'm working on this project, and uh, we kind of need some help with like the business aspect of it, and just like marketing it to Americans, like, do you think you could help us out? And I was like, Sure, yeah. I had no idea what I was getting into. The project didn't even have a name at that point. And so um, we just started working together a couple times a week, and now we're here. Yeah, what, what I like is that whenever I asked uh, Lindsay about it, uh, she didn't even say, like, let me think about it. Or she just says, like, what do I have to do? So I was like, oh, this is the kind of, like, this is the kind of people I want my team. That's awesome. Yeah, you <laughs> just jump straight in, right? Yeah. That's great. And so this whole thing, obviously, it's been a, quite a while running, I guess, um, back in 2017. I guess, you know, you kind of thought of ideas of what could really be done. So what did you see in Panama that kind of um, sparked this, right? What, what were the problems that you saw that was like, we need to do something about this? So look, uh, the problem is that uh, uh, most of the people in Panama produce for themselves. So they, they have like small production, but lately agriculture has been struggling within their production systems because of El Nino phenomenon or uh, La Nina, which is like too much water, too much uh, of the dry season. Mm -hmm. And this all leads to like a lack of production. And for those agricultures that uh, are producing or those farmers that are producing for their own subsistence, 
it's kind of hard. And um, they, first of all, they don't have tools to predict what's going to happen. They don't have the right education. They don't have the technology. And so I was like, well, I'm here. I'm looking for things out there. Like, uh, I mean, the United States is supposed to be the main country to have the, the, the technology out there. So I'm having the knowledge, accessibility and everything uh, led us to think is like, well, we should actually think about something like a technological tool that will let them will let them know what they can do or would like helping out because it's sometimes it's difficult because you have people that have never used a computer in their life and how do you do that, you know? So if we build a, a tool that kind of like predicts and tells you, hey, like you better up do this instead of this, you better up uh, like irrigate at this time instead of not irrigating and things like that will help to improve the, the, the system and the sustainability within the country. And coming to the US, we find out that people also need it here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, like you said earlier, finding the common ground, right? Sorry. Between every, everyone has these similar problems. And so I think that's really interesting. I think that's really cool about this project that it can be used everywhere. Everywhere. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. every country, every um, type of people on the entire planet, right? There has some sort of agriculture or farming aspect in every community. And so I think this is really cool how this product can be used in all of those different communities, all of those countries, things like that. It's really cool. So I guess, so then you had this idea. Um, so you're like, we need to do something about this. And so uh, what happened then? How did, you, how did you get started on this path? Well, I came back in uh, fall 2018. Uh, I talked with my other colleague that's uh, not here currently. He's in, in class. But um, he also have ideas. Like he is a, he's another computer engineer. And he also have ideas about um, what to do. He was taking classes and he's like, hey, I took this class and they're using this kind of technology for this kind of application. But I think we can really like use this and, and apply it into agriculture, which is one of the main social problems. I was like, well, let's just start knocking doors. And I started knocking doors uh, with him to get access to, to get people to like cooperate with us. Um, I remember I went to the um, research farm down in Garland to talk with Dr. Millen and I just knocked his door for about like two weeks until <laughs> I actually got the chance to talk to him because he's a very busy guy. But as soon as I told him about it, uh, he was pretty interested and he said, he spread the, an email to all of his faculties of who was interested in that. So, uh, throughout the way, we got to find people like Dr. Benjamin Runkel, which is like the lead of uh, Studies for Sustainability in the mm -hmm. uh, state of Arkansas. Uh, we got to partner up with people from the turf department, and they also lead us to talk with the people from the Razorback Stadium. So now we're going to be deploying uh, our technology at the Razorback Stadium to take care of their, their grass health. Wow. And after that, we also found out Rogelio, which mm -hmm. has been like a very important asset for us because... Um, and we have the idea just to develop this for Panama. And once we told him about it, he's like, why just Panama? If the problem is everywhere. And we're like, right. well, we, we didn't have like a broad enough vision, I guess. And he was the one who got us into all the social innovation challenges and all the other challenges we we're going through. And actually, he was the one who got us excited. That's awesome. So when you were going through trying to talk to all of these people, how difficult was it for people to listen to you, right? I mean, it took a while, I will say, uh, more about like the logistic of setting up the meeting, mm -hmm. of sitting there. Uh, at the beginning, I didn't know what really what to say, really, because I didn't know too much about the technology until later on that I officially met with uh, Enrique and his professor, his advisor. But uh, I had the, the basic concept that was to bring a more accessible, more affordable technology to agriculture for people who were um, actually using old-fashioned methods that were 
quite inefficient. Mm -hmm. So we can improve efficiency when it comes to this and like real time data collection per se. And it was, I mean, it was hard saying, like knowing that you were talking with the director of right, this right, department yeah. and you're just an student with no professor advisor with just an idea coming from Panama, even having an accent, you know, like everybody will be like, okay, there's so many things against you or whatever. But it turns out that after I talked with the people, uh, they actually got more excited about the project than I was. <laughs> so so uh, I think that's being a key point in everything. Like I have talked to people and people just get even more excited. I was like, okay, I want to have that excitement now. Yeah, so. I think that's really cool about um, universities, but especially the University of Arkansas. I've seen mm -hmm. that faculty and directors and all of them are really excited to help students especially putting on things like the social innovation challenge and things like that to really get these ideas going. Um, it was really cool and is really cool to me. So the social innovation challenge. So this is something that uh, was this last weekend, I guess. Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit about what the social innovation challenge is for any of these listeners that may not know exactly what that is. Um, well, I guess it's basically just kind of like a, it's kind of like Shark Tank for like innovation of social innovation, like kind of like, there are people like trying to avoid like gasoline spillage and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Just things that we can help the world with. Cool. Yeah, there were just different groups, and it was kind of cool the variety of projects that people would come up with. Like sustainability always makes me think of more what we're doing. I guess like agriculture stuff to do with growing things, and there was like you were saying like gas leakage and a bunch of different projects that people would came to present. Awesome. So was the whole sustainability thing kind of prevalent in the social innovation challenge or was there a lot of different topics maybe outside of sustainability as well? I think there were a lot of different topics. There were even some that approached it like we're obviously trying to sell more of a product and some people were even coming at it as more of like a movement or like um, more acceptability for certain things. Interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. So then the social innovation challenge, uh, how long did it go on? Was it just a weekend or was it um, a long time preparation or whatever for this? I think the whole preparation stage uh, was set to begin in September, last okay. September. Yeah. Um, I mean, throughout the process, it was the beginning was just Enrique and I, and then we were like, well, Peter, who was in Mexico, and then um, we were throughout the way just like going to mentors, circles. Uh, we got some like people who were volunteering every Friday to meet with us, look at our uh, or idea, like give it shape because I gotta be honest, like at the beginning, in presentation matters, our idea was pretty messy. Right. <laughs> we didn't have a name, we have too many things going on at the same time, we have to like change the scope, make it a little tighter, make it like more direct of what we we're, we were wanting to solve. Right. And so, like, out of the process by using like uh, the, the social link canvas that uh, Rogelio always encourages to use was the thing that was like driving us through and then I remember by October I believe um, that was when Rogelio told us like you need to add a member to make your team to be much more balanced and uh, we're being way too technical I think um, mm -hmm. when it comes to be a, <laughs> when it comes to be a social innovation challenge <laughs> we're being used like talking about statistics numbers technology and this and mm -hmm. that and I mean we weren't getting the message out there so that's when we um, went to be a few people and I mean, um, I think we didn't see in those people what we like were really looking for until like, I was thinking, I was like, oh, she got asked, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when she got added on and she got on board, like, as um, so I said before, like we appreciate big little help or the help that she provide for us. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's an important analysis for our team. I think she's the one who gives balance yeah. to all of us. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's something you touched on, like the presentation aspect of this, right? I mean, having a really good idea is just the first step a lot of times, especially when you're pitching to investors or things like that. And so, like, you know, since we are the business communication lab, that's one thing that we really like to focus in on, um, especially throughout this season with like communication and presentation of sustainability topics. Uh, it's something that's really important to be able to do that um, well. So yes, yeah. yes, it was a really good access too. Yeah. Yes, it like got us through saying like, hey, this flowed better in this way. I mean, she didn't write anything for us, but she was just telling us like, hey, this idea matches better with this idea up here, and so you yeah. better make it flow this way. And right. That, that was a great access. Like I really like the, the help we we got provided by the Department of uh, Communication. Yeah. And it was also important not to come at it just from a, oh, this is going to help the environment aspect. But I get the end of our presentation, Carlos, uh, you said it was like pro people, pro environment and pro jobs. And so it's not just one of those things like we're coming at it. From right. It's the full package, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Package. yeah. And I think that's really important to stress in a lot of sustainability things um, is that it's not just one aspect yeah. that you're solving, right? A lot of times these... Um, sustainable solutions really help everything. Um, they reduce costs, they improve the environment, obviously, um, and a lot of other things as well. So I think that's something that, back to the whole presentation, um, like communicating that, that this is actually good for everyone, uh, is really important. So you won the Social Innovation Challenge. Congratulations again. Um, you. But you talked earlier about how you have a contract or something with the Razorback Stadium or you're doing something with them. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, we're deploying in February uh, our technology to do some um, outside testing. I mean, our technology has been proving in the lab to be efficient. But now we have to, you know, start scaling from like small to big. So right now we have a a prototype in the hillside auditorium green roof. Oh, cool. And we're monitoring like the, the health of the whole like green roof. And like the next step is going to Razorback Stadium. They just changed their grass from being artificial or synthetic to natural oh, grass. Wow. Cool. And they need to take care of that, especially during the winter. They don't need it to get too cold so then they got the grass dries out. Mm -hmm. And what we're gonna do there is like we're gonna set up a system that will tell the manager of the field uh, when the grass is getting too cold and the point that it's going to die or when the grass is getting too dry to the point that it's going to also die too. So hmm. he can like monitor that from his cell phone and he doesn't have wow. to be like going to the stadium as they're currently doing, going to the stadium, uh, taking the data, measuring the data, then putting it in the computer and, you know, taking all that mm -hmm. time. And right now he will have like a real time data collection. Wow. So what does the process look like now? Do they have to take a soil sample or something or how do they know... What so level it's at? They currently have sensors in there, but they okay. have to go uh, plug their um, USB drive, or I don't know what they're using, but let's say a USB drive into the mm -hmm. logger, and then from the logger they take it to the computer and they measure oh, okay. the system. Okay. Or if not, like it's just a measurement of uh, data that they're getting that gets uh, too late. Like for instance, sometimes it's too late when it comes to mm -hmm. dropping temperatures, especially now that we're having all these cold fronts and. Right. Yeah, There's so. a lot of changes in weather, and that can be kind of hard to keep up with that. Exactly. So this is all real-time, then. So yeah, it's, it's right on your smartphone, right. real-time, gives you it's the readings. It doesn't give you the statistics and everything in a graph. And hmm. So it's a, a pretty cool interface. Wow, that's really cool. So I'm not going to get into all of the specifics of it, because <laughs> I know this is a really cool idea, and I don't want anyone to steal this idea. Yeah. Um, but other things, like what were the biggest challenges that you ran into throughout this process? Um, in terms of, you know, either developing the technology or thinking of, you know, how do we scale this or something like that? 
Was there anything that stuck out as like a really difficult moment that you had to overcome? Um, recently, uh, I guess, well, the software can look at a lot of different um, like measurements, um, humidity, like levels of different nutrients and stuff. And so whenever we were trying to present it, we were like, whoa, we've got to scale this down a lot, like he was saying earlier. So I think our project was mainly, our presentation was mainly focused on water conservation, but figuring out what things we didn't want to present and like measuring the, I guess, opportunity costs of mentioning these things, but taking up more time when we could be more focusing on water was one of the big challenges we had. Yeah. Hmm. I do some of the other challenges where um, when it comes to like um, coordinating with people, time it is difficult because everyone have their their own business to do, you know, like, and sometimes it will be difficult to attend the, the mentor circles because I'll be stuck in lab or, I mean, besides school, I also work, so sometimes I'll have to go work, come back to lab and just measuring that we have the, the balance in time to, to put enough sufficient time to, to get a good outcome was hard because, like, as I said, like, the semester gets busy. Yeah. <laughs> it is it was a challenge too, so... Um, at the beginning, just working Enrique and me it was it was crazy, I'll say. So then, like having Peter coming back um, to Fayetteville and Lindsay helping, it's just a great relief for us too. So yeah, starting new ideas like this and you know really putting in the time that it takes is a lot of work, especially like if you're in uh, college, if you are a student right now as well, it's a lot to handle at the same time. But you all obviously did it very well. Um, so, and obviously it has paid off, so uh, that's awesome. And it's really, so what do, you, what do you see as the future of this, right? So obviously you got to start a little bit smaller, um, kind of, you know, test some things out, see how that goes. But where do you see this going eventually? Well, hopefully we want to have a, like an optimal model for growing X plant, plant mm -hmm. X, inhabit for a bunch of different kind of plants. And then we can, you know, we could use the water like delivery system, we could we could put in nutrients or something like that, and we can expand our ideas into other similar prospects. Mm -hmm. So are you thinking of starting here locally, like in Arkansas, kind of developing out from there, or back to Panama, or what What are you thinking? I think like right now we're being uh, a little ambitious, I think, but uh, we have we will already start um, doing studies for deploying in Panama in January. And then okay. we're going to go again in, um, during the summer. To do a bigger scale deployment uh, in Fayetteville, uh, we're gonna we have partner up as I say with the race of Exedia and with the Green Roof. We're gonna go to the farm down in Garland. We're gonna be in the um, green garden of the architecture building, and we're also gonna be in the greenhouse that they have behind the library. Okay. So um, those are the deployments we have uh, thought of to do experimentation so far. But I think in the long run, we want to uh, scale it to whoever needs it. Mm -hmm. Like that's what we want to do, but we want to feel confident enough that our system is reliable and is uh, exact and precise. So that's why we're just starting small in on campus. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get those tests going. You know, make sure that it works, and then you mm -hmm. can scale out from there. But that's that's awesome. So I guess since this is all um, done with a lot of this technology or whatever on your smartphone, um, does the is that posing a problem for anywhere that may not have access to, um, you know, like technology like a smartphone or something like that or how do you get around that since a lot of agricultural communities aren't as technologically advanced as um, like maybe here in the US yeah I think um, one of the, we have thought about that um, it's funny because in Panama uh, people 
like one of the main things that people have is a smartphone. Right. If not then, their kids have it. Yeah. So if you're teaching kids how to like use it, which is like a really basic ask so like just just about logging in and they boom get the information right there. Um it'll be not just the thing that we'll be providing um technology for them, but also we'll be providing education for them when it comes to the use of technology. Right. So that's another one more of the plus that we have for um our project. Also, like we see that as a big social impact because it's about doing a shift in the way that uh, traditional agriculture is done mm -hmm. to the new advanced technology called um, agriculture. Yeah. And it may almost be easier because if even if they do have sensors already in place, um, a lot of times then they have to use like the USB or whatever, whatever they end up using. Um, and that takes more technology, probably a computer, you know, something like that. Um, where with a smartphone, it's a lot easier, right? Yeah. So that's, I can almost solve that problem right there. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. So this, is this something that you all are continuing doing? You know, you want to start this business, keep going on this path or, uh, what are you thinking right now? Yeah. Like yeah? We're, we're all, <laughs> we're all for it. Well, I think so. Maybe the hard part is ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> the hard part is going to be the whole time. Right? <laughs> yeah, the hard part will be like coming up with something new when something like gets a problem or how to troubleshoot it, how to, mm -hmm. you know, how to come up with, with smart solutions uh, on the spot sometimes. Right. Because that's what we have been pretty much doing mm -hmm. all this time. If something comes up, we have to think about something, solve it, right. keep moving, like never stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's a never ending process with the like startups and things like that. Cause there's always something new that you have to keep considering. <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> no pressure or anything. Yeah, yeah, for, for us it's, it's like, I think, um, this is more like, they just like a college project and where you get some people involved that you don't even know. I think that like more than working with people and working with friends. Right. So I think uh, that's important for the success and the success we have accomplished so far. I mean, we have, I didn't expect to be here. I didn't expect to like win the uh, social innovation challenge. But I think just for the fact that we all got in close in love with each other, mm -hmm. I think that's we we're seeing the results. And I right. Think, uh, we should keep in the track we're going. Yeah, definitely. I think you've really, from what I've seen here, you have a really good team, a really cohesive team, and some like you have a lot of different backgrounds, right? Very you can all team. you can all you know take your own perspective or have your own perspective on an idea and still have your own expertise to really contribute and add value to the whole process. So I think that's really cool. And that's something, um, especially with teams, you can't have, you know, everyone of the same uh, like thought process, right? You got to have diversity of thought in order to really succeed. And so I think that's really important. And I think you guys have done that really well. Thank you. So what are you most looking forward to here in the future? Well, we got a free trip, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got a free trip. But we're really looking forward right now to, to know where we're going. <laughs> so this free trip is this from the social innovation yes. challenge? Okay. So what is what is this? Basically, it's like a we can choose like another conference for us to go to, and okay. then they'll provide for us to go to it. You know, airplane, I think hotel. I don't want to say everything. too much because I don't awesome exactly know, but. Wow, so they're funding you to go to a conference or whatever and mm -hmm. talk about your idea and learn about other things in this space as well. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Like anywhere in the world we want. So wow. Like, uh, at some point we're thinking, it's like, okay, like, should you, should you use the trip to, to be like doing business and the same time doing <laughs> tourism? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> find a perfect balance, right? Yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're trying to find right now. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. So do you have any ideas of where you want to go? Anything been brought up so far? There's a couple ideas floating around, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Edinburgh, Scotland, and France. France or Dubai. Dubai. Uh, or Bali. Bali. Those are wow. some of the ideas that we were having. So we're, we're thinking we're, we're, you know, putting like trying to find a sweet spot. Right. Yeah. All I, of those options sound like great, you know, <laughs> balances between tourism and yeah. business. So that's awesome. Definitely. I didn't really even, I guess it didn't click that that was the prize if we had won. Like I just hadn't really thought about winning yet. And so afterward I was like, Oh, I should probably, you know, tell my family that like, <laughs> I'm going somewhere next semester. <laughs> my mom was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. I didn't, I barely even knew anything about this <laughs> That's awesome. So obviously next semester then you get to go to this conference and learn. Is this, are you going to present your project there or are you going to just learn about like what else is happening or what all happens yeah, at this it, conference? It will depend on the conference we mm-hmm. pick to go. Um, we, we have a few options. Um, we, just, we know that we also have a lot of presentations here in the U.S. ahead and so we don't want to overwhelm ourselves at the same time. Right. We got um, invited to the Clinton Global Initiative uh, with our oh, project, wow. so that's another thing that we're looking forward to. So we don't want to, to just be presentation, 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 presentation. I mean, winning is fun, but it gets tired. Like, right. It gets yeah. tired, too. It's a lot of work that we have to put <laughs> <laughs> It's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's a, it's a good problem. So um, I think uh, our focus will be more like finding other places that we can get ideas from, get partnership from, and um, basically... If there is people who have the same problem, they're willing to fund it too, mm-hmm. or they're willing to take it to their place, uh, we'll be all for it. But um, that's, that's what we are going to be looking for in the, in the trip. And yeah. of course, doing some tourism in the area too. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And I think uh, this whole idea is very, it's, it's a great idea, right? It's, it comes at a perfect time. Um, obviously, sustainability is on the top of a lot of people's minds. It's a really big issue. Something needs to be done. Um, so I think this is really cool how, you know, students are thinking of this, uh, like of this problem and developing solutions and what better place than to do it through a university, right? Where you have all of the resources and things like that to really get involved. So what would you recommend to, we have a lot of student listeners. So what would you recommend to them if they are wanting to, you know, get involved with sustainability or just of a project of their own, uh, what would you like recommend or what advice would you give to them? I would say look for people who have kind of common goals. Um, like I was interested in sustainability, so I got pulled into this project, but I think if it was about something else, I wouldn't have been as passionate about it maybe. And also reaching out to, like we were saying earlier, like the professors and people who work at the university are really accessible. And so take advantage of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would definitely say like along the lines of what she was saying, you definitely want your team to be passionate about the same thing same general things that you are yeah that you want to accomplish that way you're all like you know you're working together you know? mm-hmm. i think for my end i will tell students uh if they have an idea um just pursue it pursue the idea um everybody sees problems everybody thinks about somebody providing a solution but nobody thinks that that somebody is yourself right so when you have that idea when you have see a problem try to solve it or try to find people that have the same common goal as you as, as my uh, friends were saying along the line and uh, try to be that someone because mm-hmm. in the world there's three type of people the ones that just look for the things that are happening the ones that ask themselves like what happened and the ones that take action and i think it's better to be the one that takes action even though it's a little bit harder and it's like a little more tiring bad um it's rewarding right change that mentality from someone should fix this to i should fix this I right fix this. Like, i like that that's that's really great and that really 
um, kind of fosters the entrepreneurial spirit we have here mm-hmm. in Northwest Arkansas, um, and especially across the U.S., right? This is a big deal here and honestly across the world. Um, so I think that's really cool. And I really like that you touched on that because that's really important. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and good luck. Best of luck with everything in the future with Suelo. Um, I know you all will do great things and I look forward to hearing about this in the future. So thank you again. Thank you for having us. Hey everyone, this is Ryan. And this is Jesse. And that concludes season five of Walton Biz Talk. So this season we talked about sustainability and got as many different perspectives as we could um, in these eight episodes this season. Uh, so Jesse, what did you think of the season? Oh my gosh, I have learned so much. <laughs> um, I've learned a lot and we can kind of talk a little bit about that, but we also talked to a lot of really incredible people and got a lot of diverse perspectives Uh, students, alumni, corporate partners, community members, um, graciously all shared their time with us and talked to us about a lot of different topics. So, um, yeah, I learned, I can't even begin, you know, sustainability has been on the forefront of my mind almost weekly since we started this podcast. And what I've noticed is that I've been very much more conscious every day about the things that I'm doing um, you know, even like driving places. Thanks, Eric Bowles from the <laughs> Director of Sustainability. Um, but how often I'm carpooling, thinking about my plastic use, my food waste. Food waste has been a huge um, thing that I've been paying a lot of attention to. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot. We, right. we can talk about what did, what did yeah. you learn? <laughs> yeah, we learned so much this season. And I once again, I really liked how we talked to a lot of different people and yeah. got a lot of those perspectives, um, especially since we talked from things all the way from food to architecture to fashion and apparel to uh, everything. I mean, I, I really appreciated learning about how sustainability really factors into every single thing that you do in your life. Yeah, absolutely. It has been on the forefront of my mind as well Mm -hmm. uh, this whole semester as I've gone through and just doing things that I normally wouldn't think twice about. Have you changed any behaviors? So I don't drive as much to places, especially since, you know, I can walk to campus every day. And if I'm going to, you know, Dixon Street or on the square or anything, I'll make an effort to walk instead since it is so close. Absolutely. Uh, We really have that advantage and it can save money on parking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a win-win. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, I've all, me and my roommate have uh, tried to do this thing where we only buy groceries every other week. Yep. So we're forced to utilize the food that we have in the pan- in our uh, pantry and, and in our refrigerator. So, for example, maybe we wouldn't eat all the lettuce or the salad, you know, mix in mm-hmm. the bowl. But now we're making sure that we're utilizing every part, and we're actually looking into residential composting as an option. Mm-hmm. Um, for our house, so that's one of the things that we've been doing. Anything else you've changed? Like no, like similar the with driving, the, with yeah. the grocery stuff. I mean, I've always <clears throat> gone like two weeks or whatever, but now right. I make it so that I try to make it last as long as I can, and mm-hmm. I won't get groceries until I completely finish whatever I have. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it goes three weeks, if it goes even more than that, sometimes um, if I can still use the food that I have and you know clean out my freezer, clean mm-hmm. out my fridge pantry, things like that, I try to do that as best as I can so that food's not going bad. Well, so many things that we've talked about, I think one of the themes that came up a lot was this idea of the supply chain process. Mm -hmm. So no matter what products we're using or what things that we're doing, we need to think about the things we're we're using from beginning to end. Like 
how they're transported and before they end up in the landfill. So just that's really been on my mind too. So just for example, um, you know, like the makeup removers that people mm-hmm. use to remove their makeup. I, I always, it's like one of the weird, I don't buy paper towels or anything, but that's like one of the weird disposable products that I use. Right. And now, since we started this podcast, every night, I'm like, every time I use it, I feel this guilt. So I'm actually looking into alternative, um, uh, alternative like makeup wipes. And there's a lot of sustain- sustainable options out there where they mm-hmm. don't go to the landfill and they're actually washable. So I'm just looking into like making those small changes too um, in the products that I'm using and cleaning supplies and all that kind of stuff, you know. And there's so many things that you can substitute for Absolutely. sustainable products. And that's something that I learned throughout this whole season is that things that you wouldn't even think twice about, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially with like chemicals or whatever, cleaning products. Right. Um, a lot of times you just think, oh, this is just a cleaning product, doesn't mm-hmm. really do anything, whatever. Um, but it can actually have quite a large impact. And so that's something every single thing you use throughout your life. Right. I'm now realizing it's like, oh, wow. And especially with the food waste. Thing, it all goes somewhere. Right? Yeah. So I throw a banana peel in the trash. And right. it's actually not as, it's actually more harmful to the environment than if I were to compost it. And I never knew that. And I've had a lot of people actually reach out to me after listening to the episode. They're like, no way. Yeah. Like, there's no way that's true. And so <laughs> It's a that's, very big number. What did yeah. um, Food Loops told us what 85,000 tons, yeah. right, of Insane. our local, that's locally yeah. in our landfill. Um, and that's really stuck with me. Um, I've been, you know, this last episode with uh, Suelo talking about the Social Innovation Challenge. I've been working with that challenge all semester. And... Um, that challenge works on finding, you know, uh, addressing social problems and coming up with solutions. And a lot of the problems have a lot to do with food waste. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to re- kind of rehear after talking with Tom and uh, Michael. Mm-hmm. I got to rehear some of these problems interpreted and solved by students in, in different ways. So yeah. it was really interesting to see that. And that was something I really liked when talking um, with those students mm-hmm. on that project. As Carlos said, instead of, you know, saying someone should fix this, Make it so that I should fix this. Right. Why not us? I think that's the perfect mentality to have, especially with sustainability when going through everything, right? Right. You see a problem instead of saying, oh, I wish this was better. I wish someone would do something about this. Just say, what can I do about this? Yeah. How can I make an impact? I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, in addition to like supply chain, another theme that popped up that I thought was really interesting and this is something that Laura Phillips um, from Walmart talked about. And she talked about how everyone on her team, you know, scientists, engineers, like every, there's so many diverse uh, disciplines on those teams. And so sustainability is not really um, its own practice. It's a human practice, mm-hmm. right? Everyone can contribute. Everyone can get involved not just on a personal level, like not just on like buying more stuff in your home, but like what, how can I think about sustainability and bringing it to my company, Mm -hmm. to bring it to my workplace, to bring it to my education even. Um, And that to me was really, really awesome and inspiring. And communicate that with others. Absolutely. Friends, family, everyone. And that's another theme that popped up was communication of sustainability. Mm -hmm. You know, since we are the business communication lab, um, that's definitely on the forefront of our minds is how to communicate that information um, to get the message out there and to get it out to make sense and to really um, move people to action. Right. So that people can engage with it. And mm-hmm. that's the sustainability consortium, right? right? That's one of the things that they do is um, helping people understand the problem and are in 
or how to articulate those right. problems and then how to do something about it. And they so. bridge the gap between, you know, the consumer and mm-hmm. the company, right? The company may think, oh, you know, we want to be doing this, but we don't exactly know how or what consumers want. And the sustainability consortium is there to say, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what you can be doing to um, improve your business and improve, you know, sustainability in the environment. Right. And I think, you know, in addition to just thinking about food, even apparel and, and you know, building materials mm-hmm. and all of these things, what happens when we're creating these products? Where, do, where does that, where do those chemicals, where does that runoff go? Um, it's, it's all, you know, I think I said this in the very first episode when I was talking about how, like, I've always, like, kind of considered myself a sustainable person. And, or, and I asked that question about recycling, mm-hmm. right? And sustainability is so much more, so than, much recycling. more than recycling. So much more yep. than recycling. In fact, recycling is like the end of the line. It's not mm-hmm. even the best. It's not even the best thing that we do. It's like the last stand, just to yeah. you know, try to try to mitigate the absolutely effects. And you know, it's it's almost better to go at like the very beginning, right at the very start of the supply chain, and say, what can we do here to really eliminate even the need for recycling? Right. right. Like I think of like work smarter, not harder. Exactly. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're like me and you pat yourself on the back for recycling, <laughs> um, stop doing that right. and uh, think more intentionally about the supply chain process and the beginning process. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing with when we talk to the architecture students about how what they're doing with, you know, the future of wood, like how wood can absolutely. be used. I just saw something recently that um, I think all or the majority of the Walmart new home office buildings will be using that cross-laminated timber. Oh, wow. Really cool. That's really interesting. So it's definitely on the forefront of Walmart's mind, as we heard from Laura, Laura Phillips, um, as well as just, you know, the like architecture and how building materials are changing. I think that's really important that a big, a large player, and like if not the largest player right. in the industry is uh, taking advantage of these sustainable building materials and processes. Well, I have a question for you since we've asked everyone else on the season. <laughs> um, what's your, you know, what's your definition of sustainability now? And did it, did it change at all for you over the course of this season? Yeah. So I think originally um, before the season, I thought of sustainability in pretty broad terms, right? Just making sure that we try to, um, you know, keep resources around and be, keep being able to use things. Um, as we are right now in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Not making it worse, uh, but not necessarily making it better, right? I Sustain to me sounds like, you know, keeping it at the level that it's at. Mm-hmm. And so I think after this season, um, I've kind of heard a lot of different perspectives and I've kind of thought of sustainability more as a um, net positive impact, like we heard from Laura Phillips or something like that, where you're trying to make it better, right? It's not just trying to keep your head above water, um, keep at the level that you're at, but instead, you know, making everything better for everyone. And I think ways to do that is we've heard a lot about, you know, how to work with diverse types of people uh, with different backgrounds and perspectives to really um, come up with the best solutions that you can and really be able to communicate these uh, findings or results with everyone else. And I think that's been um, one of the biggest things I've really liked to hear about how like students are doing things here on campus as well as um, community members and business leaders, how they really interact and uh, join together to improve sustainability. Hmm. So what about you? How would you, how would you define <laughs> sustainability now? Well, I think, um, you know, what I just mentioned about, you know, I thought sustainability was, you know, about recycling, making good choices um, about the environment and stuff like that. <laughs> and I, I thought I had, you know, I thought I was doing okay, but 
just after listening to how big some of these problems are and how easy they really are to solve, um, I want to echo kind of what you said and also what Laura Phillips said about that net positivity. Instead of just leaving, you know, a world for future generations, I, I think I'm defining sustainability in new terms of leaving a better world. So how can we improve our resources and improve our processes and not just like be always chaotically running around um, trying to prepare for the world to end, yeah. right? Like, you know, we have to do all these things very quickly. But also think about like what are like innovative ways that we can do things better, like practice things in a different way. So I think it's that idea of like leaving a better um, world for people who come after us and also um, practicing that now and leaving a better world for our neighbors, um, whether that's right. globally or our local economies or our local um, spaces where we're deriving a lot of these resources, it's really important to think about too, not just a better world for our, ch- our children and children's children, but also a better world for our, our current neighbors. Exactly. And I can't remember who said that, but one of the episodes we talked about that, how, you know, instead of just looking at the future, the, looking at the future is great, um, but you kind of have to look at the present right now yeah. too, and really focus and see like, what can I do now mm-hmm. that will, it'll help the future, but it'll also help the people around me and it'll help the world right now. So I think that's a really good point that you made. Well, we have talked to some awesome people. So we just want to thank everyone for their time and sharing their knowledge and their experience and their projects. Um, This has certainly been a very insightful season. And also thanks to you, Ryan Decker. Um, This is actually, this topic of sustainability was Ryan's idea. And I don't know if we quite knew what we were getting into when we did it, (laughs) Uh, but I think something really awesome has come out of it. So thanks, Ryan, for the idea, and and thanks to all the people we've chatted with over the season. Yeah, I'd just like to add thank you so much to everyone who uh, definitely talked with us and also our listeners. This Mm -hmm. is something that it takes everyone to really solve this problem, and it's been really cool to see how students, how professionals, how community members are really taking initiative and coming up with solutions and working on this problem. Um, And also listeners, you know, keeping listening, learning new things every day so that you can be more well-informed and, you know, talk about these issues with others and communicate those uh, findings even better than you already could. So thank you so much. We also, um, now that we've kind of recapped the season, we're also looking ahead. So we have a very interesting new topic for our sixth season, right, of Walton Biz Talk, starting in this, airing in the spring. So we're taking a Christmas break and then... Uh, we'll air the first couple episodes in the spring. Um, tell us a little bit about what we're going to talk about, Ryan. Yeah, so after the holidays, we'll be talking about healthcare. Mm. Uh, so this is a very, 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 very complicated uh, <laughs> topic, but it's something that everyone has to deal with, no matter who you are, uh, what you do. Everyone has to deal with healthcare, um, no matter where you live. Right, every country, every area does this differently, um, but there are a lot of topics to cover in healthcare. So. We're going to talk about everything from the business aspects and economics of healthcare and how that looks to, you know, what the future looks like and what even is happening now, um, as well as, you know, new technology, what's changing in the industry, um, mm-hmm. various things like that. So if you have any ideas or anything like that about potential um, topics that you want us to cover or things that you're interested in, um, definitely send us an email. Uh, you can send an email to me at uh, rpdecker at uark.edu um, and I'll put that in the show description as well just so um, you can look at that to email but definitely let us know if there's anything that you want to hear about 
Yeah, and if any students or alumni or professors are currently working on healthcare-related uh, projects or healthcare-related research, um, feel free to reach out to us if you want to talk about it, if you want to share about it. Um, we'd love to talk to anyone and everyone um, about what this topic might mean in your specific field. So just to repeat, you can email Ryan at rpdecker, which is D-E-C-K-E-R, at uark.edu. And I think we're going to continue the same type of thing that we have this last season and getting as many different perspectives as we can on a lot of different you know, subtopics or whatever of healthcare. Um, so we're really trying to hear from you to see what you really want to hear about and something that you're interested in. So definitely let us know if you have any ideas. All right, that concludes season five, and we will see you in the spring with season six of Walton Biz Talk. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs>